can't sit still. This week in Missouri politics, midweek update here from the streaming studios in, in the beautiful state capital brought to you by the Courtyard by Marriott here in town. Joined by Representative Brad Pollitt, or should we say, um, could be like Representative slash Senator for a day maybe, right, Brad Pollitt? Uh, we'll get to that in a minute. I tell you, you passed a budget. Um, when I go to Kansas City, I take 50. I like to go through Tipton, and I like to go through. I like it better when I get to Sedalia because I get on four lane, but I, I'm a 50 guy. And you're, you live on 50, off 50. But when you look back on your time in the legislature and you say, you know what, I was there when we got together and we rebuilt I-70. Is there a bigger thing the state could possibly have done with that money? Well, you know, it's $2.8 billion and assuming that we can build it for $2.8 billion and time will only tell on that. And, you know, there were some folks in my um, my district that contacted me would, would have liked to seen some more money go into Highway 50 mm -hmm. as 50 has become a, a very highly traveled road. And once you get to Sedalia, there becomes a bottleneck in the city of Sedalia. <laughs> and a, uh, Representative Hawks calls me every other week when he's going home and tries to remind me how much he hates going through Sedalia because there's so much traffic. Well, you get plenty of time to stop and see Sedalia. I would wonder if the city there minds all the traffic you get to sit there and, and look at in Sedalia. I think the businesses like it. Well, what do you think would be, how do you think you'd get from where we are sitting right now uh, to Lee Summit faster? Do you think you'd get there if you four lane the road uh, from California to Sedalia or if you just did a bypass around Sedalia? Oh, Probably a bypass. <laughs> I think so too. I'm not sure that, that there's some businesses in Sedalia that wants any bypass, to be honest with you. And some people do. Well, let's uh, get into this uh, budget. Um, uh, you know, it seems to me you had this federal money, and there's two schools of thought. You've got your suburban folks and your folks that kind of read a bunch of textbooks that think, well, let's just cut all the taxes because we got this one time money that came in the door. Uh, you got another school of thought. Usually you can break this down, but if you've ever made a payroll, ran a business or not, uh, they say, well, it's one-time money. It'll go away. The states is seeing higher revenue, partially because of all this one-time money being spent here. Maybe you do some things like I-70 and some other stuff. Uh, where do you come down on it? Well, I, I come right in that area. You know, we, we've been able to put some money in the Missouri State Fair because of these one-time monies, and the stair had been kind of neglected over a number of years. And so we've done a lot of capital projects there. We were able to purchase 200 acres of land. And and hopefully build a, a a large indoor arena on that property so we can look at maybe getting some big uh, events to come to Sedalia and come to mid-Missouri. And, and so I think that that one-time money has to be spent on one-time projects. You can't spend that, you know, being a superintendent of schools, you learn pretty quick that one-time monies can't be spent on ongoing um, well, I mean, commitments. Your cattle business. Mm -hmm. I mean, you get, you get, you happen to hit a, hit a good lick on something, you get a check you weren't expecting, that doesn't mean you can just, you know, raise every, all your expenses. Yeah. Right? I mean, how are the cows doing, by the way? Oh, they're doing well. I've done spring calfing, and um, as soon as session's over, I'm going to wean my fall calves and put some of that high-dollar corn in them. I tell you right, we got a half an inch of rain last night, and it was godsend because yeah. we're drier right now than some of the old-timers tell me that this is the driest they've seen it in the fall or in the spring of the year. Um, yeah, so you don't feel that dry, if you're, but if, for the spring, it is dry, dry. It is dry, dry. Uh, it's supposed to rain every day this week. I just ain't seen a drop today. Yeah, we got close to a half an inch yesterday out on my pastures. And um, after Saturday and Sunday with 90 degree weather, it looked like July. It looked like July and, and nobody has hay. And, yep, that's um, right. And so we're going into this uh, spring. I'm kind of desperate for the cattle, uh, cattle situation. You know, it's, you know about the time you uh, session starts stopping. 
Whenever I start looking at the last day of session, I call the Bothwell and book my room for the state fair. Mm -hmm. Going to be a big state fair this year. Absolutely. You know, I'm one of those folks. My family loves the Missouri State Fair. My daughter, Whitney, is the um, um, director of revenue and the fiscal office at the Missouri State Fair. Wow. And my wife's worked at the fair for 32 or 33 years. She, she did uh, missions and parking for 30 years, and now she works in the outer campground. And I show up when they want me to show she up. She couldn't and, find a booth that's air conditioned in all those 32 <laughs> years. She hasn't reached a seniority level. Uh, where... She has, but she kind of likes <laughs> she kind of likes doing being outside and and, and working with the people. And um, we're going to expect a big crowd. Well, speaking of, I got I got to take a second here. Good buddy of mine sent me this stein. Not drinking out of the day. I actually had a tooth pulled kind of unexpected this morning. A good friend of mine from Jefferson County gave me this named Ben. Appreciate this, sir. Talk about a beautiful sign. And I bought that one. If you need a if you need a drink, sir, pull on that. I bought this one for Caitlin Shalhorn, our former editor. She was a Yankees fan. I liked her anyway. Those are Babe Ruth Stein. Uh, let's talk. When I see you, I think of education. Uh, start off. Lots of everybody's got ideas on education. Everybody wants reform, right? Uh, you sit down and came up with an idea that would be reform, but might actually make sense. I find some people want reform. They don't. Whether it makes sense or not, they can give a damn. Um, on the reform side, let me you let me try to explain it, right? And you you stop me where I'm wrong. So if you're school and you've got uh, some extra seats, you could in the eighth grade class, right? Um, and you're you're willing to to sell those seats essentially for what the state money would be. You can open up to do that, and another kid in an adjoining district or hell from wherever could could apply and ask the school to take me in as your as an, for an extra seat and that school could decide whether to do it or not and if they if it worked out great if it didn't work out they didn't have to do it am i right um pretty much it's a it's an opt-in program and that's right if you've got seats that are available then you can opt into the program and and you can determine if you opt in then you determine how many students you'll take and what grades you'll take them in you have to look at the applications and the order in which they come in so you can't hand pick the kids and decide which ones you want you can't pick want. the quarterback but but not the the math student well that's um you're not supposed to pick either one <laughs> Um, not to say it doesn't happen in public schools already. You know, this, I'm the, shocked. The whole. Are you trying to tell me CBC doesn't recruit kids on the St. Louis level? I, I'm sh not. Well, with if you, I'll just take your word for it, right? Yeah, I didn't say that. Um, <laughs> but you know, I, I'm trying to keep the 900,000 kids, public school students, in the public school system, and give them a chance, give their parents a choice within the public school system. And if you're in a school district that maybe is a little liberal for your liking or maybe too conservative for your liking and the neighboring district is somewhere where your family has a has a better connection with and then to open enroll your student to that student and or to that school district and and it keeps those kids in the public school system with teachers who pay into the public school retirement system. The public school retirement system puts about seven, around $787 million a year back in the Missouri economy. It's one of the best uh, retirement systems in the nation. And, and so I, I want to give parents choices. You know, um, when you, in open enrollment, you give the choice on how their school's going to look like in the future to those parents who pay taxes in that district and live in that district. They make the choice on whether they want their student to stay there or possibly open enroll. It's not it's not politicians in Jeff City down the road sitting in the Capitol saying we need to we need to do this and we need to do that with the school. You know, it, um, if, you, if you watch this, I, I usually tell a couple jokes about our friends in the cities each week. Um, and, and to say it's a war on rural way of life, I don't think it's true. I think it's just a, a constant not giving a damn. And, uh, and I think the, the things I, I don't believe people come to Jeff City 
with the intention of hurting somebody else for the most part. They come with the intention of helping them and their 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 constituents. However, I think that's just run aground in the education part of it. I think that it's to the point where you want to do a charter school in the cities where Todd Richardson made a point one time where the public school system has failed by its own metrics. How do you not try things? I always thought, you know what, that makes some sense. Um, in the public schools, I'm not sure it's worked. They come out with some tests where it showed about 17, 18% of the public schools were struggling after COVID. Um, then they come out with these, the genius charter schools were 47% struggling. I, I'm not sure that you fail half the time and you expand it. And that's really what, break it down. Whenever, when you're, when you're, your piece of legislation is a way people can support reform, but that made sense for rural Missourians. It, it really is about the money. Charter school folks want that money. And public school folks kind of think that I know, small towns might, like Knobnoster, might not be, might not benefit. Is that really what it comes down to? Well, I think that, that the issue we have in Missouri is that our public school financial, our foundation formula is extremely complicated and has so many different working parts of that formula. You, you have the SAT, the student adequacy target, and, and that's supposed to come from the 25 um, 25% of the performance districts on how much they spend per student. And then you got weights in there for special ed, for English as second language students. Um, um, a number of, there's four different weights or three different weights in there. And, and um, that's how we put that money back out. So it's very complicated. You know, you, you deduct the local tax revenues from the formula as well. And um, so, you know, you've got hold harmless districts. We have about 200 hold harmless districts that receive the same state money they received in 2007. And some of those districts have a number of less students than they had back in 2007. And, and um, so it's just a complicated system. You know, I truly Should believe- you change it? I, what I think is mm -hmm. that we need to, and when it comes to the foundation formula, I believe we need to update it. I don't think we need to change a whole new formula, but I think we need to update the formula. I think we need to bring the assessed evaluations up to current um, assessed evaluations. You know, over 17 years, Ooh. there's been a change. And um, there's a multiplier. You'll some feathers with that. Well, and there's a multiplier in there, $3.43. That'll have to be adjusted as well. And, and over time, and it has to be over time, we need to look at phasing out the hold harmless part of that formula, but it has to be over time. And... Um, you know, to try to get to a more uh, specific number per student that the state sends to, to each, each public school system. Um, so if I had to guess what will happen is um, the subs will rally their forces and want to put a bunch of charter stuff. It always, it always cracks me up. I would see it. the suburban people are always mad about something, right? I've never met a suburban person that wouldn't tell you two hours worth of the grievances they have. Um, so now they're mad about woke stuff. Which I guess woke is if you're like a, if you're a man, you want to be a woman, or however you want to be. Well, they thought that was really bad for a while, right? L lengthy discussions about how bad that was. However, the people that ran the center, they were trying to run a business, run the biggest charter schools. So I guess if you have a charter school, being woke's fine. But if you're not a charter school, well, being woke's very bad, and Jesus would be disapproving, right? <laughs> it's super hard to keep touch with how angry they are about what what day. I can't imagine what it's like for you. Well, I think we got to try to find some consistency and, 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 you know, public education, there, there's three topics that, that bring out a lot of emotion, public education, um, abortion and guns. Those three topics, when they come up in the, in the Capitol, it's very emotional um, conversations and uh, 
people stand on both sides. You're on of a it. team, right? You're, you're either on, on you're either on the rule team, or you're on. You're, I think it comes down to this. I've, I've really I've watched this issue now for about a year and a half, and to me, where you're going to come down on this is, are you part of a community? If you have a place like, and that's not urban. That's not just a rule thing. Many parts of St. Louis, Steve Butts is in a community in St. Louis Hills. There's a community of people that care about each other, look out for each other. They're, they're a community of folks. And if you have a community like Hardy Billington's district, boy, it would sure disappoint me if he would just gut Neelyville schools. I would just think he's better than that, but we'll see. Um, they have a community of people. Mm -hmm. If you're in the suburbs, it's nothing wrong with that. Most people move there for 20 years to make money. Then they go to Florida, they go back home, wherever. If you're in a community, you, you have a different view of wanting to ruin schools than if you don't have a community. Then you're like, well, run them. We don't care. And it is an interesting, interesting thing how I really think it comes back to that. And if you look at different, different, even whether you're Democrat, Republican, whatever, um, that's where it comes down to. And I, I always have this theory. And, and you've been your former superintendent and now legislator, chair of the education committee. Kind of, kind of interesting to me to see that. You know, you would have this scenario unfold where if you brought in these out-of-state people, which the charter schools are generally out-of-state folks, somebody run their school boards, they'll raid that formula. And when they, whenever they tear that formula up, just wait. You will see the closing of rural schools. Holcomb will be decimated. And I, just being a simple hillbilly, will be keeping track of if Jason B wants to close Holcomb. Because if you let the city people in charge, they'll close Holcomb, no doubt. Those kids will be on the bus to get it in no time. And I'll be reminding folks, Jason Bean didn't give a damn about you. He closed your school because he didn't want to stand up to the folks from St. Louis. I think Jason Bean will stand up. <laughs> I sure hope so. You're lifting God's ear. And, and you know, it, it is a tough, it's a tough discussion whenever, you know, our K-12 education budget's the second largest budget we have. Well, in, I'll tell you what, the they state. had a huge budget, calling Jason Bean everything in the book when he ran for office. Yeah. He seems to have gotten over it. He's a better man than me. He'll, he'll people are more vendetta-like. Flatlanders are more understanding <laughs> Well, you know, I believe in our rural schools and, and I believe in our public education system. I believe that um, our public education system does a lot of really good things that, that don't yeah. always get published. And, and, you know, I think that almost the majority of our public schools, they, they offer a child an education if that child wants to take it. And they most of them offer the opportunities to be successful. And, and um, a when lot they of they do something good, that's what you ought to be doing. Mm -hmm. It's like I had an old baseball coach, B.A. Alexander, told me, he goes, well, when the team's good, boy, those boys are good. When the team's bad, boy, that coach is awful. <laughs> and it's the same thing. Let me, let's just break down. Let me ask you the real question that I, that I think may be, the, may be the question of the day. I know the Senate uh, folks have got together to try to give your bill to someone from the suburbs. Um, however, the only reason there was a bill sent over there, I believe, was your own personal credibility. I don't think that bill passes without – I mean, education is the main issue for a lot of folks. But a lot of folks, it's not. And I think the only reason that thing had the votes it's had is because you approved it. I also hear there's a interesting concept in the Senate where they have to hear the bill before they vote on it. Now, you're the education chairman. Have you, have you heard that your bill was taken and tried to give to someone from the suburbs, which is the, the craziest thing. You, 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 you've got some rural senators have kind of co-opted on their side and they're now shooting their guns on the rural districts. So they get a suburban person to come in. It would, it would be like giving a Democrat an abortion bill, really. Um, so now with the bill coming over, two questions. Have you heard all this 183 pages, right, that's now the, your, your bill? You're the education chair. Have, have every one of those things been heard in your committee? 
No, not everything's been heard. In my well, do you think you'll have the same policy the senators do on that? Uh, probably not. Why not? Well, you know, there's 183 pages in an education bill is a lot. And I, 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 want, I want to point out that the Senate hasn't heard the bill yet. And that's part of the process. You put, you put the bill together, you hear the bill, you start whittling things off that you can't get support for. And I, and I hope that the or Senate- Or adding things you can. Or, or adding, ideas, yeah. adding things you can. And, and, you know, hopefully we keep in mind what can pass the House and what can't pass the House. And, well, let me just ask you this. I have a feeling that some rural senators will give for whatever reason, and you're going to get a monstrosity of a bill, just a straight middle, straight finger to Ozark County. Uh, what ha what happens when, when I think you'll probably say everybody's going to look to you if you don't talk. I assume you'll say something on the floor when you get the monstrosity. What are you going to do? Well, I want to see the bill. You know, there's a lot of money. <laughs> I tried to get it out of. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's a lot of money that you know, roughly four hundred fifty million dollars that'll be going into the formula over time, over the next three or four years, which will be permanent money as long as we can continue to fund the formula. We fully funded the formula the last four to five years, mm -hmm. but that actually means zero additional dollars because the SAT number didn't grow. And so there's not additional money that's went into the mm -hmm. formula the last four years. The formula has been stagnant. And so um, the, you know, this, this will put money into the formula and people are going to have to look at some of the, some of the choices that they may have when this bill comes over and say, okay, it's like every bill. I like this. I don't like this. I hate this. I love this. Now you got to vote if, if it gets to our floor. Now you got to vote, you know, the four and a half, $450 million. Can you take a little stuff you don't like? That'll be the big question. And how much, how many things are there? I think there'll be a lot of people that don't read any of that bill and look to you, see what you're going to do. It's got, it's almost like being a Senator. You stand up and you kind of give it the old gladiator in the Coliseum move up or down. <laughs> Uh, what, what, what's something you can't have in that bill? Well, I think we really need to look at how much choice options we're going to give. And, um, I think when folks put like, you can move anywhere you want to move. Yeah. If I get tired of Sedalia. I can move to Warrensburg. Well, it's harder to move now than it used to be. And that's part of the preface of my open enrollment bill is that folks that may live on a family farm that's lived there forever, but they, their child's maybe not getting the education in this district. They'd like to go somewhere else without physically. That's moving. where I did that. I, every time I ever ask you about this, when you explain this to me, Good Lord, it's been a long time ago when you first brought this idea up and everybody, nobody thought you'd pass it. Now you pass it every year. Um, I have a different view on that. Now it could, we're all kind of shaped by where we're from. I don't think you're going to see somebody leaving the farm to go to the bigger school. I think, and I'll bet you a beer on this, I'll be glad to pay it. I think what you're going to see is people leaving the big school. And I think you're going to see people leaving Springfield Public Schools going to Stafford. Well, the vast majority, and I mean vast majority, of contact I've had from parents are wanting to get out of big schools to small schools. That's what I think too. The vast majority of those. You want to pay my I've beer been. now, or you wait? <laughs> I'll, I'll, I, I, I don't. Think I'll be patient. I, I don't think I said people would move from small schools to big schools because I don't believe that either. But I think they should have that choice when they're the taxpayer. If you can make it work, right? I mean, you can make it work. Republicans are about paying your own way. If if a little kid needs Medicaid, right? Most Republicans are like, oh no. The dad needs to get off his hind didn't work, right? But for somehow in this, it's very different. I mean, uh, the taxpayer, right? If you're if you're paying the levy in one place, and you want to send your kid to another, I mean, you're paying the low levy. Usually, a rural area would be lower. Like take uh, Dixon schools versus uh, Waynesville, probably a little bit lower levy in Dixon. Mm -hmm. If you're paying the Dixon levy, you can go to Waynesville. Well, there's some free ride there, right? There is some free ride, but the, the way it goes, the local 
school board and local superintendent make that decision on whether you want to participate, knowing you're not going to get any. If a student comes to you, you're not going to get their local money. You're going to get state and federal money, and that's what you're going to get. Um, I want to go back to, yeah. to try to answer the question as best way I can. I've, I, no matter if it's education, when we pass a bill, before we expand whatever that bill represents, I believe we should wait and see how successful the bill is and give it time before we add to it. It's almost like you're from the show me state. Yeah. <laughs> so you asked me things that I struggle with. I, I, I struggle with expanding ESAs until we actually see, you know, it was passed two years ago until we actually get to the point, there's $25 million in there until we actually get to the point that that 25 million is used up. And when it's used up, we say, okay, folks want more ESA because they've used up that $25 million. So let's look at expanding it because now people are saying we want that. Yeah, I've, I uh, asked Caleb Brown, he, he was very nice. Him and uh, Zim Quaid and Speaker Plocker and uh, Senator Rizzo was on my show to start the session. And he basically told me that we were two to three years away from knowing if that was going to work or not, mm -hmm. which nor Caleb Brown is Caleb Brown on everything. Just the coolest guy there. You talk about schools. I don't know what Columbia schools has done. But whatever it is, he is, he goes from Caleb Browden to Bill Igle when you talk about schools. Uh, that that right there is the kind of things Caleb Browden would say is, hey, we did this. We're trying. It's going to work. Let's see how it goes. Yeah. But when you talk about schools, that is not. It's a whole different guy. And I can't. I, I have a feeling Columbia has done something to tick him off. And if I if, you, if we all heard the story, I bet we'd be like, well, Caleb's just not the guy that's very rash. But it will be interesting to see. Um, I, I would think they're going to, to the extent they can't get a charter school – and to Chesterfield, I think they'll probably go for that, don't you? Well, possibly. You know, I, th I think that expansion of ESAs is going to be a hard sell in the House. It was a hard sell whenever the um, House passed it the first time. It got through with 82 votes, and, and we had a speaker that, that really well, was very liberal Democrats that yeah. put over the top, right? Yeah, really, yeah, we had a speaker that was really passionate about it, came down and spoke passionately about that and got 82 votes. And let's, let me say something perfectly clear. I am not against ESAs. I am not. I'm one of those folks that's been in public education for 34 years, and I'm not against ESAs, but I want to see them work before we expand programs. I, I found it interesting. The Catholic people talk every if you're charged, we want to drag those Christian schools in because they're usually run well. I've not seen a lot of Catholic schools jump at that. I've seen I, and what I have seen where it's actually worked in Northwest Missouri. The the Herzog folks put some money into it. It was mostly for um, Protestant. Uh, Christian schools. I've always found, now I'm sure there's differences, but for the most part, Catholic or Lutheran school usually does not want a bunch of state involvement. And I don't care what you say. I wouldn't, I'd even say you weren't telling the truth. You told me that with public money doesn't at some point come a bunch of regulations and it probably should. But I've found those, um, those evangelical schools kind of are always struggling to get by. I've seen some of that people, I think, prefer that and it work out. That's yeah. about the limit I've seen of it. And what you just said, you know, the minimum amount of federal money that a public school takes comes with a lot of regulations. And it doesn't matter whether that's 10 percent or 2 percent. You still have pub, you still have federal regulations that come with federal money. Pop it here. All right. When you go to the state fair, do me a favor. You're going to want to see this. I've seen these these wonderful murals. If you saw our show last week with with John Patterson, we were in the house lounge um, and got to see these absolutely beautiful murals uh, all over the house lounge. painted by Thomas Hart Benton. There's a, there's a series of murals in the courthouse uh, in Sedalia. There's a book about it. It's terrific. Uh, it, it is just outstanding. It's Pettis in the Paint. You Google it, Amazon it, or do like a normal person. Go to go to the Historical Society or somewhere. 
check these out. That's really cool. And I got to thank my man, uh, Carl from Chillicothe. He sent me a Jerry Linton for U.S. Senate pen. Uh, this is going to be a name you're not going to know, but if anybody that was around politics back in the 70s, Jerry Linton was a print like the greatest, most charismatic congressman. He was running for Senate. He, he won the primary. He died on election night. And I think that's how Senator Danforth was elected. This was the guy that, I mean, I'm telling you, anybody older in politics, say the name Jerry Linton, their eyes will light up. They'll tell you a heck of a story. Thank you, buddy. I actually moved this. Dave Cook sent me my, um, I got a scarf here. I don't really wear scarves. So I'm going to stick these pins on there. I got a whole list of folks. I'll thank you individually as I can. I'll be sticking this up there. Thank you, Carl. I appreciate it. Um, so back, you know, kind of put a bow on education. Um, I would have to say if the rural senators will bend and sit down, I assume they'll send you some ghastly bill. Um, do you think the speaker will allow those bills to be voted on even though they're not heard even though the senate tells you guys to buzz off well will he be subservient i think the speaker will talk to me and um have i'll have some input into that i believe it was interesting to me uh that decision was made to me i mean you know what they're trying to do i wonder if uh it, it feels like there's a way what i what i've heard there's moving on um is they're going to make a run at destroying rural schools if they can the sad part is you'll see some rural legislators. Well, Denny Hoskins, you know, he told me publicly at a press conference, I wouldn't send my kid to a Washington charter school. Now, I don't believe Denny would send your kid somewhere he wouldn't send his kid. Uh, so there is movement on the issue. Uh, but I'm sure they'll make a run. They always do. Um, end of the day, there'll be some expansion of ESAs, and they'll try to throw more money in the formula. That deals what I, I see. They may throw you the whole monstrosity. But I think the real, this feels like the real nut cutting deal comes down to, can they buy you off with more ESAs to grow the formula? I think, I think ESAs are going to be tough to sell in the house. I really do. And, um, but we'll see, we'll see what's in the bill. You know, one thing I, one thing I appreciate about Speaker Plocker is that he's put people in charge of committees and um, that have experience in those areas yeah. in which they're committee. And I appreciate it. It, it really went from a system of lackeys and yes men, or even like shadow committees of, I'll do whatever you need to you do look at that that roster of committee chairs and it's like oh well he's got a background oh this person and that doesn't always work out well for the speaker just if you just want to do what you want to do but it probably does produce a pretty good public policy well i hope so and i'm like i said i i was appreciative to get the chair of the education uh, committee uh, it, it's not pleasant sometimes and there's a lot of stuff that goes through there that you have to deal with but you know we're sitting down here to make tough decisions and um you know, what, no matter what side of the aisle on, you represent between 38 and 40,000 people. And when you vote, you vote for the majority of those people on whatever the bill is. I mean, it's not really the side of the aisle anymore on education. I mean, there's no side of the aisle. There's a, you know, are you from St. Charles County? You're from a real part of the state. You're from Warren County. I mean, there's really no, I don't think there is a side of the aisle on that. Um, are you going to represent your constituents or are you going to go try to get paid this summer? I mean, there's your campaign, obviously. I mean, there's a, there's very, I, I'm not sure there is a side of the aisle on that. Um, let me just tie it up. Other bill, Dean Plocker, right now, I tell you, could walk out of the Capitol. Now, interesting, I, I've, the IP reform, I, I understand he said wasn't good enough, but I mean, if he walked out of the Capitol, if, if this afternoon he said, okay, boys, we're going home, uh, I'm ready to get out of here. We're going to just take up in TFP the bills we have, we have access to right now. We'll come back Friday. If they get anything else done, we'll look at it. But he could walk out of here right now with rebuilding I-70 the largest infrastructure project in Missouri history. 
He could walk out right now uh, with his IP reform, with a version of it. I'm not smart enough to know all the details and what he wants and doesn't want, but a version of it. Uh, he could probably walk out with some form of property tax cut or tax adjustment and, and claim a big victory. Uh, what else do you think he wants to have in that in that pocket when he heads out here? Well, I mean, I, the, the tax cut, I hope that we're really um, uh, pinpointing on senior citizens and middle class. Those are the two areas that I really believe. If we're going to give another tax cut, then I truly believe that's the area, especially our senior citizens. And, Isn't there know, a way to level that property tax off? Yeah, there is. And, Average and, that out or something. And we've got a we've got a bill that we've passed that have, um, you know, why we tax uh, Social Security is beyond me. I don't understand that at all. And, and hopefully we'll do something with that. But I think the the um, House Bill 301, the crime bill that's over in the Senate now, I think that um, we would really like to see them go go with that and pass that bill as well. I think that sort of feels like when Kim Gardner resigned, a lot of the starch went out of that. And maybe so. And, you know, I don't think that we should be um, uh, celebrating that situation by any stretch of the imagination yeah. just because of the situation. It is. St. Louis is very important to this state, very important to the revenues of this state. We don't state. like to talk about it, but and, let's uh, be honest. Uh, Sedalia may come close to paying its rate, but a lot, a lot of places in this state, the Wheat Wheatland does not. I mean, you take some of that St. Louis money and spend it in Wheatland. Oh, absolutely. And so what happens in St. Louis does affect the rest of the state. What happens in Kansas City affects the rest yeah. of the state. And and so I hope that they go ahead and pick that bill up and they pass that bill, even with the things that now that were a big part of that bill don't seem to be as big now. But but I think that we'd like to see that bill passed as well. Um, it doesn't appear we're going to get sports, ga uh, sports gaming. Um, I'm not a big proponent of that, but this state is. There's a lot of folks that really want oh, of that. Course. All right, let me let me pitch something to you. I always thought the time on this bill was not until the budget was done. Now the budget's done. Senator Hoskins, it was funny. You can tell he's from kind of not the same part of the state, but he represents part of the state Jesse James is from now. He came in there. Uh, I, I kind of, I think if you're a, if you're an old deal maker, you kind of respect the fact that he kind of waited the last minute. Then him and Brett and I all just held the train up and <laughs> stuck him some money in the in that budget. Uh, uh, I, I'm sure there's some folks that weren't happy about that, but it kind of made me kind of chuckle how he kind of waited for him and then and then sprung it on him. Uh, now that he's got that, he's got some money for his airport down in Warrensburg. Uh, got his uh, tax credit uh, for, for film, which I think Denny Hoskins is going to look like a very, very intelligent guy for being for that. Uh, the, the facility in Chesterfield is going to be outstanding. There is some stuff the government can do, and doing this is going to be a very good thing, I predict. I, I wish I could drink my style of knowledge, but I'm, like I said, my tooth. Um, but uh, but I, I think you could look at it like this. I've heard that the sports teams are now interviewing lawyers to write ballot language. I would say they have a firm collecting signatures ready to go um, this will, the hostage is walking out the door and the VLT legislation that he's, that he covets has always held this sports book up. And that's been the secret every year. Well, I, I, there's no reason for them to be paying lobbyists to pass a bill and collecting signatures. They come down here next year and say, we're not, nothing's passing. People would probably gleefully make sure of that. Um, right now, if they were to do a deal, there'd be a significant amount of revenue to the state, probably wherever Senator Hoskins wanted to go. Right. If he doesn't take that deal, where the sports teams have to put on the ballot themselves, they're not going to do. Uh, they're going to pay some money to the state office. It'll be an impact. It won't be the impact it would be if if Senator Hoskins does it his way. I think they're going to the ballot probably Friday about five after six. A lawyer is going to have some stuff ready to turn in the Secretary of State. I, I just you can't. The hostage is leaving. The cell is opening. They're walking out the door. It. 
I think the Senator Hoskins could look at it and say, you know what, I've, I've done every single thing, which I would say, if you love VLTs, he has done everything you could ask, right? Yes. But I, I wonder, though, if there's going to be a little part of him that says, you know, okay, I've fought the fight. Here we go. I, I've got some other bills I want to see passed. I bet you the House would be in business, right, if um, he passed Sportsbook on his other bills. Um, I just wonder if there's not a move there. Because, I mean, honestly, I don't think it's going to matter after Friday. The way he's leveraged, I don't think there's – I would say it would be funny to watch the hilarity that you all would take a VLT bill next year, right? Um, I, I just think there's got to be a piece of him that's like, you know what, I'd like to be in business. I'd like to, I'd like to come in and do this. And we got five days to, to find out what's happening. <laughs> Isn't that fun? This is a great part about politics. Whether you're running or it's a session, there's going to be a scoreboard Friday afternoon. It's going to say what happened. There's going to be a score at a, a campaign. All the prognosticators up there's a scoreboard on election night that tells you who won and lost. Representative, I appreciate you sitting and visiting with us. Can I ask you one thing though? So you uh folks, what are you about at four about 50 minutes from here? Yeah. That's depending on how you get through tips. 60. Depending on you get behind a log truck or a farm a tractor, right? Mm-hmm. You, you gotta get, get roughly from the country club to roughly that that uh railroad overpass in Sedalia. So I you probably don't have to have folks come in and stay the night all the time. But if you're from Butler County, yes, they, there's no driving home, right? If you come here for supper. So I tell folks, do the the, the challenge. Look on the website, Courtyard by Marriott, the top hotel. He knows. I'm not going to put him on the spot. He may have some kin folks at home of the other hotels. Top hotel in Jeff City. Go on there. It's going to be a little more expensive. Of course it is. It's better. Duh. Like, you know, Bud Light costs more than Natty Light. That's just the, the I, I don't even, I can't believe they charge anyone for Miller Light. Um, $20 or $20 difference in the hotels. Go to the courtyard, book it. If it's not twenty dollars better, you come right here to do five Madison. I'll give you this twenty bucks. We'll be you'll be square. If not, you owe me a Bud Light. Even if it's got a picture of a transsexual on it, I'll still drink it. Um, I've had twelve Bud Lights bought for me now. People can't get in the damn hotel now. That's what I now I get text messages. Of, you know somebody out you didn't get me to the hotel. Take the challenge. I promise you, you're gonna be buying me a beer. No, this 20 has been in my been in my wallet from January. Actually, I'm I've spent too much money. That's not true. But if I if it was my father, it would have been in there since January. Um, Bud Light, you've been in the courtyard 10 on 10, right? Yeah, we've stayed there. Yeah. And he doesn't even have to. He probably stays because he wants to. He could drive home. Um, let's come back tomorrow. We're gonna bring in Jamie Berger. I don't know what time yet. Kind of depends on his schedule. I think he's gonna make a little news and we're gonna uh, we'll talk about all things uh, politics. Send me DM me your questions, whatever you got. We'll talk about it with Representative Berger. It'll be great. It'll be two guys that talk.